This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. And I believe this is our first guest of the season proper, but with um, with the injury crisis in the NRL being what it was on the weekend, we thought, who better to join us than Brian Sini, a.k.a. NRL Physio. Welcome. Good to be on, boys. Plenty to talk about. Yeah, quiet week for you? <laughs> yeah, I had nothing. Like my wife was really happy with me all weekend. I, you know, paid lots of attention uh, to her and the and our little bub, and uh, yeah, just didn't really have much to do, which was good. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, I, mean, yeah, I can only imagine the state of your replies and your DMs at the moment. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you send us some all the time for a laugh. Like, obviously, they're bad in a regular week, but I can imagine this week is is a whole new level. Yeah, like I like I, I seriously I, I kind of got to the stage probably mid last year where I just stopped replying, unfortunately, to well not unfortunately, fortunately for me, but to the just the straightforward, you know, update on guy, update on that guy. But like over the weekend I couldn't even reply to some of the, you know, I, I call them the better DMs, you know, actual genuine questions about interesting things. I just yeah, there was just no chance. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, we're not. We don't need to rattle through every injury that happened, obviously, because that we that would take ten minutes. But do you remember? Can you twenty nine minutes actually? I did. A, I did a. Thing <laughs> not, can uh, you remember a, rough, a weekend yeah. this bad? Uh, like I think the biggest thing was is that I, so I had a look at the numbers today, and it was a combination of it's the worst. It was well, equal to the worst single round toll that we've seen in the last three years. So about 13 to 14 injuries. And that's what we had this weekend in terms of non-concussions. So that's 13 to 14 sort of, you know, elbows, knees, whatever. But then there was also seven concussions in the weekend, which is just a huge number. Like the average is about three and a half every weekend in, in the NRL. And, and so I think to have the 13, like, you know, equal to the most for the non-brain injuries and then to have seven, you know, seven concussions as well, it was just, yeah, it's it, it's definitely been the worst that I've seen in a while. Yeah, and to, and to back that up, I I haven't got great numbers on injuries and all that for, for, through the last decade or so. It's just not tracked well enough by us anyway, but it is the most... So out of games under 50 minutes, okay, 50 minutes played or less, it is the, sorry, least played by starters since we've recorded minutes. Yeah, there you so go. Yeah. Only, only, what is it? I can't, I can't remember my exact number now, but like 37 starters played more than 50 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. just, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Like, and, I mean, and, and yeah. some of those were because of injuries to bench players, like the Sharks props. Like they both played 80 because. Oh, sorry, under 50. Sorry, 37 yeah. played under 50, 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Like, that's it, mate. A lot of those guys came off the bench, played lots of minutes. It was equal. It was around a few years ago that had the same amount. But in that game, it had to be one of those rounds where like three teams had their bench hooker was just played 55 and the other guy was fit. Yeah. Not exactly the same. Whereas this round is like, and we saw a lot, there was lots of backs that went down as well. And it wasn't the most backs we've lost in a round, but it was up there in like the top two or three from what I looked at. Yeah, I think it was just that, that to have seven concussions was just mental and like two or three in like the Raiders match and then another two or three, you know, a couple of hours later. 
in the Sharks match. Like, to, ha- to have them all happen from one team, you know, obviously you get a head clash like Ryan James, Sebastian Chris, there's not much you can do about that. But, yeah, it was just like, like truly, like, you know, as you said, it's not my profession. I just do it for fun. But I would literally describe Saturday as overwhelming. Like, I, I just couldn't I, – I was just sitting there just going, what the hell is going on? Like, this is just – mental um you know it's almost like i needed to sit there and just not do anything else and stare Mm -hmm. at the tv and tweet which i don't like to do so yeah it was it was bonkers it's insane to me that we had the raiders game and i was thinking i'm watching them lose three guys in the first 12 minutes and think geez i've never seen anything like that and then watching them play a whole game basically without a bench because curtis scott was busted as well playing center and he finished Mm -hmm. the game um and I thought that was crazy, but then I didn't have to wait more than an hour after that game for the Sharks to go the one better and, base, and finish the game with no no reserves. And they and they made four interchanges in the entire match, which is just insane. Yeah, man. I like you know, and then like you talk about with the Raiders, you know, like guys had to play through injuries and stuff like that because they just had no one else. Um, we don't know whether you know Shark the Sharks guys might have to do the same as well. So it just has that flow and effect, and like some of those guys this week at training, like, you know, you've got guys like Aaron Woods and as you said, bench props and, and different guys who have played, we, we talk about load management a lot with injury risk and stuff like mm. that. So it's not just the the risk of injury, like during the weekend, just gone, but it's in training this week and then the game next weekend. Cause you've got guys who whose load on their body just went through the roof on the weekend. And now like, you know, teams are going to be scrambling to try and manage that this week to try yeah, to, to prevent them from suffering an injury in, in the short term. I don't want to get you, I don't want to have you say anything, you know, incriminating or anything that might get you in trouble with anybody <laughs> but else, do. but how yeah. much ca- can we link? The, is there, is there any sort of causal link to the rule changes in, in, in think- the amount of injuries that we've seen in the first three weeks? Yeah, like I've, I like you know, I, I've been on record as sort of putting out, you know, like, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about in a second about the 18th man and stuff like that. Look, I, I think the answer at the moment is it's too early to tell. Like, I'd love to come out and be like, yep, definitely. I mean, Mitch is the stats man, so he'd probably be able to talk about it a bit more than me. But, but certainly for me, when I look at that, I go, it is really quite concerning. Like, it's a concerning early trend especially with the concussions, like every week, I think we had five, then four, then seven concussions, which is all above average in terms of the number of concussions um, that we've seen over the last. And that's with last year, the, there was, I think, 4.2 concussions per, per round. So that brought the average up. So it was down like around three the previous two years. So to see that rise in concussions, like that's a bit of a worry. It, it is still too early to sort of say for sure, but I think if we get to, you know, if there's another month like this, um, you know, like you, you, what else has changed in the game? Like there has been COVID, which you can kind of put, you know, put in the basket for any changes that happened last year. There are all that COVID stuff and, and that happened across the world, whether it be the NBA, EPL, all that kind of stuff. You know, there was, there was in, increased injury rates across the world for any of those sports. But this year, it has been a shortened off-season, but they have had a full off-season to sort of get ready for this. You know, it's not like these rule changes came apart about like last year where it was three weeks to go and they had to kind of make it happen. Yeah. This I, time, they, yeah, they had the whole off-season. And, and if they've had the whole off-season and it still happens, it's like, well, like it probably has to be the rule changes, right? 
Yeah, they're, and the NL are trying to throw water on this, using the ball and play isn't up that much, yeah. which is which is true. And they'll, you know, and even the the funny one, I have to credit Vlandis for this one because this is politician level bullshit. When he said, actually, this year the the guys are actually adhering to the HIA more than ever. They're great. They they make they're adhering. They're taking the guys off. They're not. Mate, taking- you should see my mentions. You should yeah. see my mentions. It's full of people. No, they're not happening more often. Guys are just being more responsible with the concussion. Just, just this round, it just started. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who told them, but you know, like the, when the when the when the the Raiders had two of them go down in one tackle, like boys, yeah. responsible time. <laughs> like don't mess around. You know, it's only round three. No, uh, like I'd like that too. But yeah, it just everybody who's played sport at a half decent level, let alone you've worked in a profession of it, you've been told fatigue leads to injuries. Pretty much everywhere. I remember like even playing the under 15, 16s, I started getting injury managed and I was getting injured often as I got older playing too many games. It was fatigue management. And that was the thing. We had this weird chase of fatigue. Everyone knows about this chase of fatigue. For some reason, someone said it was going to lead to better footy. I don't know who believed it. Someone did. It came in without a lot of this analysis done. And now we want to do the retro analysis of it. And it just feels like the wrong, the proof of the wrong fit and wrong process going there. But, you know, you don't need to be a genius to just the numbers are there in this. They're there, they're there. But we've all seen it too. We see the players are more tight, and the numbers back that up as well. Like we're not talking about there's not more runs per minute or any of that stuff. There isn't, and it's not really possible for the game to get much faster in that sense. You only play the ball so fast. You can only carry the ball so many times. But there's way less supports and decoys. There's and possible efforts, and the game's this, played way more up the middle. There's way more one out hit ups, and there's been way more blowouts. And yes. no one, no one comes from behind anymore. There's been yes. two in the entire year so far, in three rounds of footy. And how yes. many? There's been more. There's been more. What thirty plus margin games, and there have been teams winning, teams losing and, at halftime, winning. And we don't get to see the GPS data, but I think we'd see some interesting things if we saw the GPS data. But I don't know. I don't think that'll come out anytime soon. But the players are also talking about how gassed they are. It's just, it's just, yeah. it is what it is. It's like everything adds up to this. Yeah, this rule change last year it cranked it up one notch. The change this year cranked up another. And there's, yeah. there's no doubt that everybody's upset about it. Who obviously the NRL aren't, but there's a matter of time. It feels like that 18 man rule probably comes in by tomorrow or the day after with the pressure it's on. But if it didn't, RLPA would be tearing down doors at at, at the NRL. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's it's not like we're all sitting here saying like there can't be any fatigue. Like there has yeah. to be a balance. It's all it's all about a balance. You if you have fresh players, if you have the unlimited interchange, you've got fresh guys running each other all game, massive impact forces, yeah. huge, you know, facial fractures, that kind of thing, because guys are fresh as daisies, just bashing into each other. That's gonna cause injuries too. But if you go too far the other way and you add all this fatigue, you know, major fatigue that guys can't handle. And we're talking, we're still talking about big guys and you've Mm. got fresh guys coming off the bench against guys who are, you know, really fatigued. And that's been the argument about this, right? Is we want tired guys against the little man or the fresh man or whatever. And Mm. and that's fine. But that, that does increase the injury risk because you've got an imbalance there. You're like not in the NRL, but the AFL, which is which is quite good at, at reporting sort of injury stuff, is they had a real look at hamstring injury risk and and like across the board where they found hamstring injuries happened is when guys had to mark up on fresh players. So a guy would run off the bench and mm. more the, the risk of injury to the guy who was marking up on him was huge compared to the rest of everyone on the field. 
So it shows you that that fatigue imbalance, like that plays a role. So there's all these things. Look, I was like, you know, you talk about last year, I was quite shocked that, you know, we, we got the season back up and running and with three weeks to go, they added, you know, these changes into a season where we already knew that injury risk was going to be increased. I think Buzz and the Daily Telly sort of released the injury report. Like I saw that and sort of read through it and it didn't really give a whole lot of info because like, you know, the numbers weren't great because of COVID. There wasn't, you know, New South Wales Cup matches. There wasn't full squads, mm. that kind of thing. But yeah, it's just, it's been a weird couple of years, like for, if it, like in terms of injury risk and stuff like that, because there's been a lot of decisions that you just go, like, like if you can see their vision and they're telling you their vision about, you know, making the game faster and doing all this kind of stuff, whether that is working or not isn't for me to sort of say. But, yeah, looking at looking at the injury risk and, and, and stuff like that, I think if this trend keeps going, it's it, it's going to be quite, yeah, concerning. And I think the comparison of the AFL is an interesting one too because, hate the sport or not, they've, they invest a lot more into the analysis of, the, of their numbers and yeah. that's part of it too is that, that study takes place, whereas, you know, there has been some good things in rugby league that have been, just change it and we'll push it out of the way and figure it out. But this definitely feels like that injury risk wasn't really looked into. But they did talk about the reduction of collision reducing that type of injury. But what you mentioned there, there's been some of those lower leg injuries you've seen. It's been a lazier guy, a big fella, who's just desperate and wrapped someone. I mean, the other day, Christian Welch apologized on Twitter for twisting someone's leg sep- separate because he was he's, he's like sorry i was just gassed like yeah, exactly. i did the wrong thing because i was lazy and like yeah that's lazy things lead to people cutting corners when they're on the field as well and mixing fresh guys with desperation and laziness from other guys doesn't help either and yeah, i didn't know that hamstring thing but the moment you said it that felt like oh that immediately makes sense like yeah makes sense. exactly yeah and it, like it's it's like you know that's the concern with the concussions too it's it's the like the risk of fatigue definitely the the big causal one is like muscle strains and stuff like that because obviously you get fatigued and, and your muscles give way at a certain point but it's also guys who are gassed going into tackles putting their heads in the wrong position mm. or or like a little bit of footwork at the line of you know mobile forward and guys just don't have the reaction time or they're, they're not in the right position they get their head in the wrong position and, and boom there's a concussion so i think like that's probably the biggest thing for me. Like I've said, the biggest thing I've taken out of this weekend is is the concussions. Like, and I'm no expert on concussions by any means, but certainly just looking at those numbers and, and, and putting two and two together and being like, well, there could be a thing there with the fatigue. It's something I'm going to be watching really closely over the next month or so, because if those concussions keep going, I mean, it's such a massive issue in the game at the moment. Um, if that keeps going and those numbers keep going, it's not going to be a good look. Yeah, it. I can't see it getting better either. I think something. I think the dam is going to break soon. I well, think both in terms of player risk and the on-field product, it, it's been really bad. And the, the yeah. gap between the haves and the have-nots, and even the haves versus the other haves, when one of the haves gets on top, as we saw with Souths and the Roosters, like it. I I just don't see it. I just don't see any way that we get to the end of the season without a change. Well, the 18th man solution is another band-aid, right? Like, aren't mm. we? shouldn't we try and stop players getting concussed, not just add a break glass in cases of emergency if there's like three concussions? Like, is that not 100%. the thing we're supposed to solve? Like, that's, should we not look like, and that's the reaction to a really bad round will bring this rule in. And the rule might be a good rule. They've been in Queensland Cup and Israel's Cup since the start of last year, but with such little games played, you know, I don't really know how much it's been used, but it might be a good rule, but 
it feels like the wrong response to bring it in. It's not proactive. It's reactive to a lot of concussions. And what do you say next week? If seven guys are concussed, you're like, well, we brought this rule in. We did our best. It's like, and uh, like, that's probably the thing is that like, I, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, even when I put out a tweet about the 18th man, everyone's jumping on being like, Oh, you're just reacting to one week and stuff. like that. That's a rule I've wanted in since we started taking concussion seriously, because I'm like, the, the big thing is with the 18th man rule, why I think it's important is because you want to be promoting guys. The unfortunate thing is with concussions, a lot of it relies on players being honest. Mm about yeah. the symptoms right there's not some magic test that you can do like these saliva tests and stuff like that are coming out which have some promise but there isn't some magic test that you throw something and be like oh you definitely have a concussion have to the player be like look are you suffering any symptoms that kind of thing so you don't to have any or as little barriers as few barriers as possible in place where a player might be suffering a symptom and go oh shit i better not actually tell them about this because we've got no one on the bench or you know we're down to whatever we're down to i can't admit this that's why i've always wanted the 18th man i said this round that just gone was a really good really good example of why it's needed but that i've wanted that you know for ages and i i do think it's a good rule but to your point mitch i completely agree it is, it's something that needs to be there for a while, but whether it's there or not, it, it wouldn't have solved the, 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 the issue that we had on the weekend. Like whether that was caused by the rules, as I said, we'll, we'll see over the next month, but it, it's, it's a, as you said, it's a solution in terms of, Oh, look, we're putting this in place to help the players once they get concussed, but we want to stop the concussions happening in the first place. Well, yeah, my worry is what that seems to feel like to me is that, okay, so if those games, say if the Raiders held on and the Sharks didn't get blown out, will we not see these changes then? Yeah. Like, because it feels like it's a reaction to the results, not to the injuries. Yeah. Bringing that in because people upset the team's lost because of massive injury tolls. So I don't know. Just it. It, as you said, it might get us the right result, but I'm I'm a man who's worried about process of getting to the results. Yeah, I'm and that, and completely it, and it worries well, I'm with me. you. I, I think both need to happen. Like I, I think the 18th man should have been there for years, but that's look, I'm I'm down the player safety end of you know a bias line, so I'm always going to be there. But you know, it's it, yeah, I I I think there needs to be changes around the whole process rather than just being like oh. Or if we put this in for what, and that's the thing, it's only there for worst case scenarios. It's not there that, you know, and they talk about coaches, the coaches rolling it and stuff. It's not there for every weekend. It's not there for that. It's there for the freak ones like there, like the weekend. But what we don't want, I think this is we don't want the, the, those freak occurrences happening more often. Yeah. Um, look, you're right because you're completely right in the fact that this is reactionary and it wouldn't be happening if those blowout, if that blowout and that comeback hadn't happened. But even if they hadn't, they would have happened next week or the week after that, or at some point if we keep going down this road. So that's not ideal. Um, so what would you, what, what would you, if you had control, Brian, and you could fix everything, what, <laughs> I guess, what, what would be your solution? Well, I, I like, I definitely think, like the the whole fatigue situation I think has just gone too far towards fatigue is my initial gut thought. As I said, like I, like it is too early to sort of say for sure this is what's happening. 
but like I, I feel like the early signs are that we might be too far down the fatigue end and guys and whether it's like you know guys need time to get used to it and and early season biases happens every year like there's more injuries at the start of the season and that is you know a fact but once again I went back and compared the concussions and injuries to early seasons and previous years and the concussions were increased quite significantly the injuries were increased a little bit not you know a massive amount but still increased a little bit so like I think possibly just rolling back some of the changes um, you know like and once again I'm no rule expert but but trying to just maybe bring it back a little bit so that the, the, the fatigue part of the equation isn't the predominant factor. Yeah. Because it doesn't improve performance. It doesn't. Like, like, I don't know. That's, that's the other part too, mate. Like I, I can't, I, I seriously butt my head against the wall when I'm like, like we have guys, like we literally have people at like whole programs and whole like sports science and performance people at clubs trying to get guys to perform the best and and it's you perform your best when you're not tired. what do you wait like, you're, yeah. sa- you're you're saying that the 100 meter sprint at the olympics wouldn't be better if we made them run a half marathon first yeah like like it's not we want we don't want to become the nfl right it's two totally different sports mm-hmm. but like one of the most entertaining highlight field sports in the world is the nfl and it's because guys are performing at their peak they are finely tuned specimens putting in explosive efforts and the highlights are ridiculous right yeah. they're fantastic and like in the nrl a lot of the stuff like a lot of the highlights are performed by guys who are fan- like you know feeling really really good they're, they're fit as anything they're not tired and they're doing amazing things and so it's not that we don't want any fatigue you know it's it's not that we want it completely gone but we also don't you know like i, I feel like it's just gone too far yeah, yeah. You touched it. Well, their peak performance matters. Like, if I wanted to watch a, cu- a couple of gas guys slog it out yes. and have a grind, I'd go down a local park where you can watch A grade. There is those five or six fit guys that'll dance around. But I like peak performance. And another yeah. one I like comparing it to is if you don't want to just NFL, as you said, very fast twitch, very much the other end. But even if you look at the NBA, like, there is nobody in the NBA who plays 40 minutes a night. Like, nobody. And even the playoffs, it's hard to get up there. And they have stops all the time, they have timeouts. They have stops before the big moments, all that, because they still understand that, like, being fresh is peak performance. The last thing they want is, like, the end of the game. There was no timeouts, no stoppages, and, you know, it's coming to the last two minutes, and the teams are level, and nobody's putting the bucket in. They don't want guys like Gas just throwing the ball up and hoping, and it's, you know, buzzer beater, and they miss the backboard. That's not entertainment. Like, <laughs> like I went to the Bronx, the Bronx Eels game in, in round one, and literally at the end, like once again, you know, footy, uh, like sometimes you don't catch everything on the telecast, but mm. there was a grubber put in late in the game towards the sideline and it didn't go out. And mate, I kid you not, the entire two teams just like heads down, like, oh yeah. my God, why didn't that go out? Like they were just absolutely spent. The footy, look, live, I can't speak about what it was like on TV, but live towards the end of the game, it was bang average like it was guys were not doing anything special it was one out footy there were errors there were missed tackles like all that kind of stuff but the thing is there were missed tackles but the guys who broke the tackles didn't have enough energy to do anything with it they'd bust a tackle and they'd be like oh damn i really wish like you know i almost went down there so it was yeah i like whether it gets better 
during the season, who knows? But yeah, I just yeah, it, I think the whole fatigue thing. There's there's probably a bit too much. I, yeah, I think then, I think that line in the usual suspects was the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that fatigue would bring back the little man. <laughs> I think that's how that quote goes, but I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I did, uh, that in that Broncos game you mentioned, mate, it was like Alex. Oh, that was terrible. Those, that no was, one that else last was. kick was amazing. The one that sat up in the end goal and just no one could chase uh, but, it. But like they were so gassed, the Broncos weren't even really chasing to come back. They're just like, just kick it away, and then Alex Glenn <laughs> chase it. The whole rest of the Broncos are like, no, no. Like, just, just, just stop. Um, but, uh, you mentioned that though. That I found that's the one secret to this. I found this year, Brian, is the Broncos played hard in game one and it hurt them. If you play like a bunch of cats, you're going to stay fit. That's what I think. Like, played like cats the last two games. We won one of them and everybody's fit. It's a good point. Just don't, just don't go hard. That's that's the lesson here, fellas. As right. soon as you do that, you're not going to win. Just just throw in the towel and save your energy for next that's week. It, that's, you know. Open the gates up, mate. Seabold might have a job this year, actually. You let them all in. <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey will be a starting center soon oh, because mate. they'll figure out that his whole defense <laughs> is it. what is needed in the, in the losing game. He might be the 18th man and they just sub him in when yeah. they're losing. It's, you know, the solution. Yeah. That's it, mate. Never get Herbie fresh as a daisy, old Joey. Perfect move. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, we've got a ton of questions for NRL Physio, um, a lot, uh, and very few about twirl or headgear. So I was going to say, I was very glad. I was like, oh, thank God. I said to you, I, probably yeah. before we, when we were setting this up, that I'd only ask the funniest twirl or headgear related question, but I haven't actually, um, decided I haven't actually looked through them yet. So we'll see. But, um, Mitchell, without any further ado, let's get into the questions. Are you serious? We're going to have a minute of questions. Okay, question time. So you said you were going to ask the question. Do you ask me the questions this week? You can do it. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I was just going to find the Twoll headgear one. Yeah, but, I mean, uh... well, first statement I want to say is that Brian, the NRF is just too nice to tell those people to fuck off. But I'm going to tell them to fuck off. Stop sending yeah. him Twoll and headgear things. Not only is it annoying him, it's like I go into, as anyone else does, I will visit Brian's timeline occasionally for information or I'll come up with my timeline. And there's 47 dickheads who think they're funny. Saying, what about Twall? And the response, you're not can funny. I, can I interject by saying that the people who do sincerely respond with headgear suggestions, which happened just tonight. Yes, someone, fantastic. Well, those My people favorite. rule. I love them. <laughs> those and are we still funny. To, we need to keep them in the game. So if you're an idiot who thinks headgear does prevent concussions, please keep responding. I, agree. Yes. I, I just want to read a tweet. I'm not going to name the guy. It's, unfortunately, I saw this after we, I mean, we recorded tomorrow's episode first, so. Um, it's unfortunate I saw this after rookie takes, but um, yeah, so uh, Brian tweeted up about the concussion rate so far and someone said, headgear, if you get a HIA, there should be a protocol to wear headgear on your return for a certain amount of weeks. <laughs> Brian, would you like to once and for all explain to people very, very quickly uh, why headgear is pointless to help concussions? Yes. Look, like the biggest thing is I would love, like, I, I'm not basing this on personal bias or whatever. If headgear worked, I'd love it to work. I really would. But look, the thing is with, with concussions, there's a lot that we don't know. We're still sort of forming our views on what it is. But with what we do know, the concussion is usually caused by what we call shearing and rotational forces on the brain. So it's the brain sits inside fluid in your head and it's kind of floating around. So it, it does move and, and the cells shear against each other. The axons shear against each other. So it's kind of like a, a friction movement. Headgear does nothing to stop that, unfortunately. It just doesn't. Neither does mouth guards, uh, you know, all, all these protective things. It, it's very, very effective at protecting the surface of your head. So your skull, your ears, you know, cauliflower ears, stuff like that. 
but you don't even need to get hit in the head to suffer a concussion. It can happen from whiplash. It can happen from, you know, a blow to the, well, the jaws part of your head, but it's that movement of the brain inside the skull, which the headgear does nothing for. You would need a headgear in between your brain and your skull to potentially have any, in, you know, involvement. But then again, the fluid around your brain is already doing that and it still doesn't do enough. Concussions still happen. So there is some evidence even, and this is what I go back to, is that the the mis, the disbelief or the, the incorrect belief that concussion is prevented by headgear gives a headgear wearer a false sense of security. So they fly into tackles, you know, at 100 mile an hour with their head in the wrong position thinking, I'm all good, I've got a headgear on, and they're actually at an increased risk. Yeah, so that's not very short. And that's yeah, actually, that's exactly why, that's why people have argued to get rid of helmets in the NFL, right? For that same yep. reason, because guys fly in like 100%. they're a human missile. Literally mm-hmm. a movie called Concussion. Yeah. About yeah. That. It's literally called Concussion, you people yeah. who don't ever, never Googled the word. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Yeah, okay. So Mitchell, start us off. But before you do, uh, the only way to get your questions guaranteed to be answered is on Patreon. So you think, oh, I could make an Instagram account and bother Brian by sending him random DMs. That'll probably ignore, or I could pay my good pals, Mitch and Bungard, <laughs> pay us for the three dollars <laughs> to guarantee that whatever stupid thought pops into your brain, he has to answer it by law. Patton, uh, oh, yeah. You are under no legal obligation to answer questions, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon, and they are Dave, Carlo Tyson, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Adam White, Ando, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer. Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, Jake Harper, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Old Mama Bear, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you for your support. We wouldn't be doing this without you and to everyone in those lower tiers on Patreon as well. We love you as well. And if you want to get access to our Discord and some merch and other stuff, that's patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Okay, first question on Patreon. Hunter Austin says, and this is not a physio-related one. He was keen. Who stays? Oh, this is great. Who stays in their half of the ladder for the longest? The dragons or the storm? Oh, definitely. The, it's, it's what if def- they both stay in their current halves for the rest of the season? <laughs> it's got to be the. It's got to be the dragons, right? Like, oh no, hang on. Yes, the storm. No, it stays. Oh, stays. stays. No, no, they both. Oh, this week. they flipped this week. That's what I reckon. They buy like, the dragons yeah. will lose. The dragons might win. They play. The yeah, dragons right. could beat the yeah. knights at home. Yeah, but they've got they've got Ben Hunt out. They're gonna lose. Oh, true. They do. Forgot about that. Yeah, God, that yeah. was Brian. Would um though. would she, would would leg would a leg warmer protect against a broken fibula or whatever <laughs> Ben Hunt's got? <laughs> he was walking out in a moon boot today, so uh, yeah. that's a form of leg warmer, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Ando's yeah. asked one we've already kind of covered. He said, should have asked his last week, but for one for Mitch, Lindsay Collins, elaborate. I just wrapped him on our prior yeah, probably recorded. Really but uh, as a fellow Queenslander bride, I'm sure you have a lot of good feelings about Lindsay Collins as well. Man, he's killing it. Um, you know, like I like it's one of those picks and, you know, I'm no footy expert, but when he was picked last year, I like hadn't seen much of him and was kind of like, what's going on here? And he was almost our best forward during the origin series. So yeah, big fan. Um, something that was interesting with him actually was today. If you go to my timeline, when he got knocked out, he also screwed up his ankle as well. So as he, as he went down, his ankle sort of bent at a right angle. So he was in a boot today. 
So even if he passes through the concussion protocol, he might be under a bit of trouble with his with his ankle, unfortunately. So the Roosters are down to like 19 fit players or something, Robbo was saying today. Yeah, I mean, he had hands for feet for years, came to the Bronco system, wasn't worth keeping, got pushed on, went to the Roosters. Roosters fans wanted him, wanted him hung in the streets like three years ago. Yeah. Average 50 running metres a game, dropped the ball every other game. And then last year, out of nowhere, sensational season, plays Origin, probably the best Queensland's best forward or close, and now takes Hargrave's start of vision. Great season here. Hopefully he stays fit because um, for, for now for Roosters players, is it Origin is what they're looking forward to. Possibly <laughs> Kiri, Collins is looking at being fit for Origin at this point. That's what I think. Even if even if he doesn't make for Origin, mate, like Queenslanders, we've got Jason Tamalolo coming. So it's all, <laughs> like, it's all good, right? Like yeah, God. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Gregson says, I live in a two-story house and my knees hurt walking up the stairs now. <laughs> is, this, is this something I should pay to see if he's there for? Or is it your is your time so worthless you can assess it over the internet for free? <laughs> so, so I'll use this wonderful question from a guy who has, we're, we're diagnosing with old man knees uh, just straight off the bat. So it's a good one for Shanta. But uh, just as a general rule, anybody who's listening, when you send me stuff like that, I am A, very reluctant to give an answer because I probably legally am, am quite bound in say, and B, not to big note myself too much, but that's what people pay me for my time and money for every day. So I'm not going to very often send you very specific stuff because my expertise is valuable. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, I get hit up all the time. Well, can you give me some stats on this? And it's like, same thing. No, that's my yeah. job. I will I'll, occasionally one of my mates will ask, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. I'll tell you get me stats for things when I ask you. Yeah, but yeah, it's like some random guy <laughs> hitting your DMs. At least you always send me a photo of like your crooked ankle when you do it as well. Like, <laughs> do you want me to start? I, I'd have to get injured first, but I'll start sending you random yeah. photos of like my ankles and stuff if you want. Like I don't think if I had a, a if I had a good friend as a physio, you'd probably ask them or similar. I've never oh, understood the person who's hit up the guy in the DMs on like if there was an NRL psychologist, am I going in those yeah. DMs as well? <laughs> Mate, I can't like it's literally it's literally the most unbelievable thing about my experience. And I mean, like I, I have more followers than I like twenty times more followers than I ever thought I would, and that blows my mind. But what blows my mind even more is the the ability of people to send random shit about their own health to a ra- I could be anyone like I know I'm out there a little bit more now so people kind yeah. of know who I am but I've been getting these messages since like I was still like an anonymous human being and people were just like oh like what like you know can you assess this for me stuff like that shit sending photos of their knee or their hip or whatever and I'm like, what? What is happening? Like, what? Yeah. what oh, I just it blew blew me away. Couldn't and, believe unless it. Unless it's in contact in a jersey and Andrew Voss is talking over it, you're not getting assessed. Okay, yeah. if you want to get assessed, you go out in that field and you say how you go. And yeah, go. do a streak, run. run <laughs> yes. yeah, do a streak. The best one I've ever. I still remember it. It stays with me. The best yeah. one I've ever had was a guy who had a calf injury. And he's like, how bad's my calf injury? That was kind of the gist of the message. And I'm like, mate, like, like, you know, and I explained my whole process of I assess video and that's how I tell the severity, blah, blah, blah. So a dude got, I don't know, his wife or someone to take a video from behind of him, like jumping in the air of like a close up on his calves. And like, was he was like, how bad do you think it is? 
<laughs> and I was oh, like, dear. oh man, this is, yeah, th- th- that's still my favorite. It's stayed that's with great. me forever. So I'm really sorry if he's listening, but that, that I'm not. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. Okay, Rough Belly asks. He says he saw a comment in Discord that mentioned the Boom Rookies Immortals. Yeah. Who would the BRIs be? Would they so, Lewis, Merritt, Pangai Junior, Cold Cane Cup. So I think how many Immortals are there now? Like thir- like nine, ten, eleven, something like that. So let's. Well, I mean, was let's, Joey? He was the. He was the eight. eight. He was the eight. And, and then they, they added like they added Frank Burge and yeah. someone else, didn't they? So is it ten now? And oh, um, ten or eleven? Yeah, I'd I say think. eleven or twelve. Um, yeah. But okay, we're not. Eleven's tough on the spot, but we can go. Dave Taylor, obviously. Chris it's Sandow, it's obviously. Thirteen, by the way. Thirteen. Dave Taylor, Chris Sandow, Tavita Pungai. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if Luch is there yet, but Joey is. Joey is. Uh, um, surely Wayne Bennett has to get in. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Merritt alone. Uh, Nathan Merritt. Um, line break, Lottie, mate. Come on. Yeah, line break, Lottie's yeah. a king. Um, that's seven already. That's I'm just going to inject Petro. Petro you for know, you. Yeah, <laughs> You're putting him in. Petro. Petro's in from well, You are a guest in, in this I, house, yeah, so fine. I get one. I get but, one. You get okay. one. No, right. just no to Petro. Yeah, Coltrane definitely. Oh, Corey Allen, obviously. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, the, the Lee cousins. Can they, they need one spot. <laughs> can only, can, they, they get one. They get half an entry each. Um, yeah. Uh, what's that? Nine? Oh, Chance Clock Clockstar. He could be up there, mate. Yeah, All the way with CNK. Yeah. Uh, that was an icon. Chanks Bro was an iconic moment, so that's probably fair. Um, we're getting let plenty here. The, oh, the cheese would be close. Yeah, and um, then there's immortals are the ones we really dislike. Also, probably exist. The ones I I wouldn't shut up about, like Aaron Woods, Matt Moylan might get in there for notoriety. Pat Carrigan's an immortal then. Pat Carrigan might get in there for notoriety. Lachlan Miranda definitely deserves his. Oh yeah, of course podium. he's an immortal. Of course he is. He's absolutely <laughs> he's, an immortal. I've got actually I've got my old man onto. He calls Aaron Woods balsa from you boys great question though we'll, act, we'll have to have a proper think and actually work out a process for this and actually get some immortals yeah I like that uh, Josh Brandon man the questions are getting wacky already I, lo- I like the patrons haven't just come with dumb physio jokes I'm sure they're coming <laughs> but Josh Brandon says can someone please let Nat- Natalie Portman know that she's working in the east her kids are going to school <laughs> in the east <laughs> and in this house we made the laws of thermodynamics and we go for the roosters. If you... um, <laughs> yeah. I actually met Josh at the pub last week. Lovely fella. Mitch and I are going to see his movie tomorrow night. So we're very excited about that. So I can't sleep. We're, we're going to premiere with yeah, he's screening podcasters now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'll be fun. But uh, no, cop that, mate. Uh, they're all South fans. Taika Waititi in the, in the South Bomber jacket was iconic. I loved that. I did like that Thor or Chris Hemsworth didn't look that big next to footy players. It was funny. Also, Jeff Goldblum was there and no one mentioned it. No one even acknowledged him. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Thoughts on Cam Murray versus uh, versus Thor for in the looks department, Bungard? Oh, Cam Murray, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what a question. I don't have a shirt with Chris Hemsworth's face on it. I can tell you that much. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Uh, Stu asks, when can we expect to see an update and news theme for the NRLBR news segment that instead of various mispronunciations of Rad Radra are a mashup of the all times, the common, all the times the commentators have fucked up the new correct pronunciation of Chancellor Clockstar? <laughs> well, I'm probably saying it wrong now, too. I'm Isn't goddamn it Klukster? Klukster? That's probably it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Cluster. I don't think, I, don't I think the Rand Randra thing is iconic, though. It's like a cornerstone of this podcast. Semi is also an immortal. Of course he is. Um, yeah. 
don't know. We'll, 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 look, that's one for the off-season. We'll, uh, we'll take that one on notice, and we'll see if the punters want new theme songs for everything next year. Yeah, we've kind of answered this one, but Frankie asks, what is the most annoying reply you get? Twall, <laughs> champ, or headgear? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think the one that annoys me the most is definitely champ. Um, yep. and, and like genuine champs. Like I had a guy and you talk about, you know, I think we talked about off air, like how crazy it's been with the number of podcasts and different radio stations who wanted to have a chat to me this week. But I had a guy last week prior to everything, like be like, hey, mate, just started out a, you know, a podcast, blah, blah, blah. We want to have you on. And then just goes, yeah, think about it, champ, to finish. Oh. And oh, I was just yeah. like, oh, Fucked. man. Like, that Thanks, just abs- it just absolutely kills me. Like, as soon as I, I know people G it up and, and that, you know, it can be funny at times. But the genuine champings when people are looking for your help, I'm like, man, like, what are you doing? You're not, you're going to get the opposite from me. That's disgraceful. You can't be doing that to people. Yeah, I do think out of those three things, like if we went back to the the things I got hit up about a lot on this podcast, we've got terrible regional area jokes forever. I've got every time Aranta farted, but champing still stick out more than the other annoying things. Yeah, right? I, I, and that's exactly right. Like I would say the same. Like I can remember times where like I'm like that person champed me or I got champed about this. I can't really remember too many twalls or, or headgears. Headgears I find funny. I most... Most of them I find funny. Um, but yeah, no, the champing is the worst. Yep. Uh, Jack Colley asks, this is a good question. He says, which team of yesteryear would have thrived under the current rules and which premiers would have struggled? For him, the 2015 Broncos had a small pack for the time but would have been beneficiaries of a sped-up game. And also the 2015 Cowboys and Sharks wouldn't have won titles under the current rules. Uh, it's I do, a great question. I do think that Bronco side, as he mentioned, it, that team, they liked playing fast in defense that the other teams play fast on them because they were fit enough to do it. They would have loved this rule set. And even just after that period, you still had Milford running them, you had Hunt running, but Nick Arima off the bench and that time would have killed it. Great, great, great shout. Um, so I, I think going back any further than a decade is cheating. Obviously, yeah. no team in like the eighties or nineties or early two thousands would have won under the current rules. Wait, no, they wait. No, is, it, uh, is it compared to current on. teams or is it just like last? Oh, I misinterpreted the question. I'm thinking like they had to play against current teams. Obviously, that's not Bunga, true. So. None of the players from today would have survived in the eighties and seventies, <laughs> mate. It just would not have. Like, come on, like you know um, how. Like we're talking about elbows and it just would like Tamalolo wouldn't have even, he wouldn't have been good. I actually might have an answer for this one then if we were only allowed to keep it in recent history. Do the Dragons beat the West Tigers in the 2010 prelim with the current rules? I'm not sure they do. I'm not sure either. I do think the 2010 Roots, 13 Roosters side could see even less points. They just give away bazillion set restarts. Like they held what, like five or six teams to nil that year. Maybe they would have held 10 to nil in the new rules. They would have just get, get, get pinged on the goal line all day and let it go. Um, I think there's about, definitely some West Tigers teams that would have done a lot better. Yeah, I think they're the teams that would have been years, helped yeah. the most by this. And that was like the closest they came to winning apart from when they actually yeah. did win. So, um, Considering they like they had like, the smallest pack in history and, and, and were obsessed with having bench utilities. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great shout. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Warwick Hearn says for the NRL physio, what were your reasons for getting involved 
doing video-based analysis, was it provide better information for the regular punter or was it more just a small time project to get along, to go alongside your regular job? Um, like the, how I got into it was like, I didn't even do Twitter really. And then I started following like uh, the NFL and got into fantasy and like just knew nothing about it. So I said to my mate, like, what do I do? He said, jump on Twitter, follow, you know, Shefty and, and those kind of guys and, and that'll help you out. And just through following that, I started following a few of the injury, like early injury analysts over there. So there's Stefania Bell, there's uh, David Chow, who's the pro football doc and those kind of guys. And it was just, I guess, really interesting. I was sort of sitting there and and, and a lot of the information, I think what a lot of people might not get and what the response I get is a a lot of the information is super simple. Like the, a lot of the information I give, I get responses of, oh, how do you put aside time to research that stuff? And I'm like, a lot of stuff I don't need to research because it's all just stuff that I say to patients all day, every day, right? So yeah. it was just crazy to sort of see over in the States how much that information was valuable to people. And I probably hadn't seen that. So I just, yeah, so I started following uh, like Stefania Bell and David Chow and those kind of guys. And they weren't really doing any, you know, crazy media stuff. So it wasn't like I went into this thinking I was going to be in the media, but it was more just seeing how valuable it was to, to you know, the everyday fan. Um, it was something that interests me, like like the definitely the video analysis is something like a patient who comes in to see me. Almost the first question you ask them is, how did you do it? You know, describe to me what you did. And I would love every patient who came in to see me to be able to pull out their phone and be like, this is what I did. You know, here you go. Because that's what we learn, you know, when we're, we're going through uni and, and different things is how different structures are injured and stuff like that. So to have all of a sudden this access to HD you know, footage of guys doing all of those injuries that I see day in, day out, but I don't get to see how my patients do it. That was like, it was really valuable for me as a, as a clinician as well. Like it, it definitely made me better at my job and, and those kind of things. So it, it was a bit of both. It was certainly a surprise at sort of, you know, realizing how valuable that information is to, to everyday fans. And I think, you know, trying to take my own spin on it a little bit and I try and make my information as palatable as possible to everyone. So I try not to get too technical. I cop a bit of flack for that from, you know, people in the medical community at times of being too simplified, but I think that's the key to, you know, my, you know, my success or my account and whatever it's, it's keeping it in language that people can understand and, and, and that's valuable. So it was that, but it was also, yeah, it was like, it's a professional curiosity as well. Like I enjoy that kind of stuff and it's stuff that I don't get, from my patients i do now have patients because a lot of things are live streamed and all that kind of stuff so patients will bring in stuff which is pretty cool okay great question great answer but yeah i remember yeah. running into you on, on there years ago when you were trying to be incognito and all of a sudden one year just on goddamn tv was like, okay <laughs> that all changed um Stu asks get get it shibasaki fucking why <laughs> we've been we've all been there <laughs> Dom Miller said, will the Broncos now win the premiership having to play away from home just like the Storm did in 2020? I can't say why not. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Harry Grant's tiger. back, yes. Harry Grant, yeah. So, biggest tiger, Jamal Fogarty or Adam Dewey? Which is getting the most excited in the so much potential areas? Good question. I mean, I love the Dewey system, as you know, but Fogarty's been fantastic. So, it's probably him, but I love them both. Mate, I love a good Queensland yeah. seven. Get him in there. 
Oh, a, a Q Cup player who's been battling away and then makes it good in the NRL is like my dream. So I love it. Well, him and Cody Walker are like almost the same age and they finally broke out, like 26. Yeah. Like they were struggling away in Cup for ages, killing it till they got their shot again. And yeah, but Fogarty, like both of them did the thing where like their rise, it was like the moment they hit first grade, they were like twice as good like seven or eight games later. <laughs> Bizarre. Uh, next question, Cam Beswick. Uh, we, we kind of t- touched this one. He asked if injuries are worse. So we're not going to ask that one again. We did speak about that. And I think it was Camp might have been the one who mentioned the 18th man last week. He was ahead of the game on this. We didn't pay enough attention then. Anyway, Joel Ridley should have believed. Says, yeah, looks like, us, looks like us Bulldogs fans are in for more pain. Perhaps someone somehow not hitting rock bottom until this season. For them to be good in, say, 2023, which few players would you keep around that you can think actually warrant being first graders? Oh. Uh, that are there now? Yes. Um, well, Kotrick. I've been um, on board cutting Josh Jackson for like five years. Kotrick, Adam Elliott, Corey Allen, maybe DWZ, Hopawati, uh, maybe. I would have said RFM before the foot injury. The foot yeah. injuries are bad. You don't know what he's going to be like afterwards. Yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe like guys like Tony. Maybe guys like. Renoff for Tony or um, Ogden for depth, but Matt Burton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Josh had a car, also pretty good. Yeah, but you um, can cut they need like a, that whole they, pack pretty much and be happy. Need, hooker has to be priority. You just, the next time a good hooker's off contract, you've just got to throw so much money at them. You have to. You just have to. Yeah. And they, they haven't had a good hooker since Ennis left. They've really never really had one anyway. Like most of their lifetime, they just haven't. They had Ennis, but they had like they had Corey Hughes for Christ's sake. Put some sake. respect on um, Adam Perry. <laughs> Adam Perry's name, the Nugget, <laughs> and Corey Hughes. Yeah, no, no respect for Corey Hughes. Oh. None in this household. The not so mature age student. You think Scott Drinkwater is a six or a one? And this coach, the coaching at Melbourne's so good, it makes average players look like world beaters. For example, Josh Adokar, fast man with some skill. Whose game and ability has been built on year after year? Now, a great player. How will he go at the dogs? It's tough to say. Like you, I I don't know because it, it is just really difficult to take, especially wingers, when your game is so reliant on how good the guys inside you are, to go to a team and especially a team that very rarely gets attacking sets and opportunities. Like, like if, for example, if he was on the wing on the weekend instead of Nick Meany, would they have scored any points? Probably not. So don't know. It's just player, so, there's just but... so many wingers who've gone to fullback thinking that they're going to make this great fullback because they're a decent winger and it just doesn't work. Like it's it that's the hesitation. Yeah, and uh, I think like the thing about Melbourne making average players better, all good clubs do that. Melbourne just have it highlighted a bit more than other other teams do. They get more focus on it and they do do quite well, but they don't. Not every player that goes there turns out good again. There is plenty that go there and don't turn around. So it's not like it's just average player goes to Melbourne and they become a good first grader. Like we forget, like you know, Albert Vette just happened and no, everyone had a lot of potential. Didn't nothing happen there? Like George Jennings looks like he's going to struggle. That kind of stuff. But Adokar is one of those guys. He was perfect for Melbourne because he had the bags of potential. Just had a bit of attitude issues and defensive issues that Melbourne can cover for the other teams can't defensively. He's actually quite good these days. Uh, the other question he asked there was about drink water one or six. I am like 99% of him as a one. His defense is so bad that like at the Cowboys, he gets, he'll get four, six again this year. Cause they have Val Holmes. 
and McMorgan's out. But like for me, if I was starting a roster from scratch and he's one of my first five or six players I have for some reason, he gets put in one. Well, he was supposed to be the one um, over over Paps. Yeah, he, he had that pec injury. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Adam Rosser says, "Does player fatigue accumulate week on week, and is it worsened by a higher work weight? Could that type of fatigue be contributing to number of injuries? Is round se- round three too early in the season for it to be a factor?" Um, it does absolutely accumulate. So it's something that you have to like, especially through Origin and stuff like that with the Origin players. Like, lo- like you hear about load management, and I'm mm-hmm. sure if there are any you know fans of the NBA, they'll they'll be the ones most familiar with it because it seems like that's been a massive thing over there. Um, but load management happens in every sport. Um, it's just that a lot of sports like the NRL, you have a week in between your games, um, so you kind of can manage it a lot better than, say, in the NBA where you might play three games in four nights or something like that. So it does absolutely happen. It is a little bit early for it to, as I said, like your, your, your factors, you probably can't make any judgments until about at least six to eight weeks in, like until you get a quarter of the season down. But, um, yeah, like the, as we talked about earlier, the signs aren't fantastic to start out. Oh god, there's lots more to come on Patreon. We're still going. Harvey G says, "What? Which method for determining rule changes will produce a better result for rugby league? Version of rugby league, sorry." Says option one. We canvass a bunch of Facebook users and loose units at the pub for rules they'd like to change. Put them on a giant wheel at random and then decapitate a chicken and let it run around until it falls on top of one of them, like in the Margarita episode of South South Park. The rule the chicken lands on is a new one we implement. Okay, yeah, that's one. Or two, allowing Peter Volandis to continue to make changes on a whim based on various red hot reactions. Good one. Option one, I think. Um, option one. Yeah. I like it as well. It's more fun at least. You can at least like you can do that before the game on Thursday night. You're leading in the, you know. <laughs> Harvey G, is there a big gap in the quality of the strength and conditioning stuff at various clubs there appears to be? Or is it a large golf and how common and severe the injuries different clubs seem to get mostly down to luck or a bit of both? I think um, the way, like there, there absolutely is some guys who are better than others. Like that it, it occurs in every profession, right? Like whatever profession mm. you're in, I'm sure even guys up the top of your field, you look at one guy and you're like, wow, he's way better than, you know, his job at the other. And I, I think the biggest thing with sports science and performance and those kind of things is, like nobody has the perfect answer. Like they're not all doing the same thing. Some guys have different, you know, ways about doing stuff. Your, your biggest one in terms of if you want to look at, you know, as a fan, it, it's the preventable injury. So like hamstring strains, uh, you know, any kind of muscle strains, like, rec- uh, like sorry, chronic injury. So like tendonitis, tendonopathies, bursitis, those kind of things that you hear about guys are managing. Um, if there's heaps of them at your club, um, if you see your club has had a heap of hamstring injuries, uh, then there's a few clubs that you can look at. Then And then that's where you can kind of go, oh, maybe there's something in that training. But there's like the big thing I think people do underestimate is how, you know, random some injuries are like contact injuries, you know, those kind of things. It's just a result of the sport. So you, you, you can't really plan for those, but certainly your muscle strains, um, your overuse injuries, those kind of things, you can, there, there's a lot of evidence that you can sort of prevent those, um, you know, if you're effective at your job. So, so if you see heaps of those at your club, then um, possibly, you know, your performance team might not be as good as, as one in another club. Yeah. And that's why like some years you can see 
a club will change those staff and fans might not notice, but there could be a staff, a club had like three or four years of all these soft tissue injuries and it has stopped. They're not often like they're often, there's been a change of regime there. Uh, Carlo Tyson says, another, it's another question for our, our good friend in our physio there. He says, given what we he has seen, so you, the physio, yes, <laughs> over the weekend, yeah. the various mechanisms of injuries, the rule changes this season, the evolution of the game over the last two decades. Why is now the best time to build a bronze statue of Andrew Johns at McDonald Jones Stadium? <laughs> Please provide reasons. Uh, <laughs> No, we don't. We don't want to put the statue makers under more fatigue. I think <laughs> they've been. We saw that Billy and um, Cam went up down at Melbourne, so we don't want to overload them. We need to manage their load, cut it back. Yeah. So I cut down the media like, work. You cut the media work yeah. back like a like a John statue. And he did respond. He said, "You thought these questions were gone? Yeah, you were wrong. So yeah, he, yeah." Ugh. Uh, Hunter Austin also asked, "What are your early shouts for most improved player?" Rafalava for him. Uh, Reese Kennedy for me. I said that <laughs> he's been great for two games. I think, I think, I think, like not that most improved, but certainly uh, who will become a lot better because of these new rules. Cody Nikarima, like you know, oh, mate, like, isn't yeah, he yeah. loving it? Duck to water, yeah, mate. Like he's just, he's just, and he's going to keep killing it. I think until like if something changes back, but if not, like he is just that. These rules are just tailor made for him. Bring him back. I'm like, oh, I apologize for everything. I was wrong, Cody. Come back. You know, my, as you said, every game, he's just like gashing teams back into halves, yeah. but he's also never had a great game management to him. But the game's played so direct kind of thing, and he can play off the back of that. He's been so good in every game. Like, just highlights his strength. And then teams, forwards haven't got the energy to run over him anymore either <laughs> half the time. Like, doesn't get isolated in defense enough. It's Yeah, you made a good point there. Like, he's just killing it right now. And, and very envious that we didn't get those years <laughs> from Nicarima at Brisbane. Uh, any any most improved Bungard? Um, oh, I, I'd say just from a just from a South standpoint so far, I'd say Kolomatangi has been been great. He was good last year, but I think on that edge, he's really going to take it to another level this year. He's really impressed me so far. Um, for other teams, yeah, I, I, Nick Aram was a standout on, for the Warriors on Saturday, but off the top of my head, I mean, uh, I don't know. I can't really think of anybody else. I got, I got two more: Reid Marnie and Jaden Braley. Those are my two more. Those are good answers. Good uh, job. Thank you. <laughs> I'll bow on the way out. Anyway, Swarzy's next question: Assuming nothing changes and the rules are in place for years to come, is it realistic to expect that players' bodies will adjust to the new rules without any long-term detrimental injuries or wear and tear? Are the new rules we've seen this season already enough to start making the case that the new rules can't be justified and maintained? So other injuries we've seen. Unable to justify. Yeah, like like I think once again it's probably a bit too early to tell. Like like you any I think any sport and 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 with how how much sports science and how much performance, you know, like professionalism there is put into performance these days. I think eventually you would see teams adapt. But once again, we talked about earlier, has it gone too far down the fatigue end where like it would just change? Like we talk about so many of these, you know, real changes, not wanting to change the fabric of the game. Like it, like to, to completely, if you go too far down the fatigue end, you'd almost have to change the fabric of the game. So guys, it'd just have to be almost thrown out and, and, and sort of start anew and go from there. So 
I whether we're that far down, I'm not sure yet. But uh, yeah, it's it's a possibility. Pythagorella asks, "How do you deal with all the fuckheads in your mentions?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, like like you. I think you look at the mentions and then times it by probably fifty, and that's the DM. So the DMs are easier because you can just kind of mute them um yeah the mentions it's look i'm very like it's not even i'm not even selective these days it's just i reply when i can um if i can't i can't and you know it's it's no offense to anybody if you ask a really good question and i just miss it it's because i just miss it so i'm very good at uh yeah ignoring things these days i think yes and if you ask a question this podcast and i miss it it's on purpose Liam says, question for the panel. Here we go. Oh, actually, I will say one thing I will say about ignoring questions. I will ignore a question like one today where someone asked me, I can't remember which play it was about. And I literally tweeted about it like two hours earlier. They're like, what's going on with this player? And I'm like, no, I'm not giving in to you there. And like no. literally click, it's one click away if you click on my profile and it's scroll a, back. So if you ask about a player and I haven't answered it, it's because you need to put in some effort. There we go. <laughs> More effort areas from your followers, mate. That's what we want. So question for the panel. It's the cowardice of the administration referees and refusing to penalize anything, providing an environment for extraordinarily dirty teams to succeed. For example... The Panthers have become good since the rest forgot how to blow their whistles to the point where a third man in tackle on Tom Eisenhuth that resulted in rib damage barely raised a comment. Should successful teams therefore be banned from the comp for their unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct? Um, yes. I, I, and the I, kings of fair play, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, will be crowned <laughs> champions. I, I do believe there is a bit of... I know he's taking the piss. There's a bit of credence in that less penalties and the teams that push the boundaries get more advantages because that's just been... That's how sport is. In general, but yeah, Penrith and no, they they are um, they're a bit they're a bit dirtier than people think they are. They don't get the same brushes like the Storm or other ones, but they're they're a bit of a dirty side, bit a bit rough. Oh man, if I if that that video I posted, if that had been you know one of the like a Roosters or a Storm player on somebody else, it would have gone bonkers. Mate, exactly. Paul Kent would have been red on three sixty screaming at cursing Bellamy or cursing Robbo or whatever like that. Yeah, not that light, apparently. Uh, Jake Harper says, worst Todd on the weekend. Peyton for being a worse coach than Nathan Brown or Carney for naming his son Lion? <laughs> Lion Carney. Lion Carney's incredible. <laughs> That's a, I think Lion Carney wins. That's permanent. <laughs> you know? Frankie says, Brian, gun to your head. You have to go to either a Cairo or a naturopath for six months and follow their scientifically proven medical advice. <laughs> Which do you do? If I can choose the Cairo, then the Cairo, because I know I've got a, a really good Cairo who I do refer to, and there are some really good Cairos out there. Um, you know, I get asked this question a lot. Like, you know, I think the, there's the stigma there that it's physio versus Cairo and stuff like that. And my answer always is it's not. It's my my yeah problem is with health professionals as a whole who are just taking the piss to steal money off people. So you know, and anytime you walk in the door of somewhere, unless you're and unless you're post surgery or something like that, where there's a very clear you know pathway for your recovery, if someone's trying to sign you up to some program of three times a week for six weeks and then two times a week for six weeks after that. 
yeah, I like I'm I'm a bit hesitant towards that. But yeah, I I I do really appreciate good Kairos. So yes, Cairo. Yeah, my my not mom... the not the videos that they're cracking people's Oh, that one you for, sent me the views. other day was yeah, nah. And my, my mum's uh, one for Cairo scams, mate. She fell for one about 15 years ago. One of those classic guys in the middle of, shop, of the shopping centre and, you know, talking about the subluxations of her back and she's got the back, you know, subluxation four level or some shit, world's worst back, three times. Four a degrees week. of, you know, separation here. That's and, it, yeah. that's it. Four, three or four times a week. Even took me and my sister as young kids, hated it. Eventually she understood she was getting scammed there, which is great. Only, you know, hundred grand later, or whatever it was, yeah. uh, went to a good Cairo for like a decade from there, and only went like twice a year for like a decade. Perfect. And then about three or four months ago, she comes and tells me she's got, got a new chiropractor. No. And like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she won't talk to me about it because I sprayed her. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> Ricky Stewart, Craig Bellamy spray here. Chased her out of the room. Chased, she ran away, kept chasing her. Oh, her like, and man. Exactly the same stuff. And she's like, oh, it's different. You know, it's only three times a week for the first few months. And then it's oh, like, man. So whatever. It's just, yeah. They just, it, I said the same thing you said, but I, I sent her a lot of the articles and then she won't talk to me about it. She's still going, I ignore it. It's like, she, whatever. Yeah. Your money, you burn. You'll die. I'll have nothing. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's in my face. Like, yeah, it's just. If a doctor wants you to go, it, that's just common sense, mate. Any doctor, someone wants you to keep going there. They're planned for keep seeing you three times a week yeah. in six months. Something's wrong. Yeah. When, like, you know, when, when, like, as I said, if you've had surgery and there's a clear, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, but like, especially you might have a little bit of lower back pain. Like the, the biggest thing about it and, and, and a really valuable thing about physio is empowering people to help themselves because like a solution to any or majority of musculoskeletal problems isn't keep coming to see me forever. Right. Like Mm. the the solution is here's how we help you make your body strong or mobile or stable or, you know, whatever word you want to use so you can live your life. And and if you start to get sore, you might do some mobility exercises or some, uh, you know, strengthening exercises or something like that. That's, you know, what, what, the, the long-term solution is so if somebody's putting a long-term solution to you of come to see me three times a week you know that they're dead yeah I, I don't agree with that treatment style yeah okay uh next question comes from joseph oh, I, I i don't know if i could, you might know these uh, Brian, he says, who makes the injured 13 of currently sideline players? Do they make the top four? Do you have on top of your head 13 players who are currently out? Oh, uh, someone sent me an injured brigade um, somewhere. Oh, I probably can... can't get to it, but uh, like, I think, it. like it'd be, it'd be pretty high up there. Cause I think there has been a very like, well, especially if you include, let's say Nathan Cleary is currently injured. Um, and Ryan Kiri and Cleary in the halves, there. pretty handy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Kiri Cleary, Tamalolo, Coruscant's hooker. Hey, oh, uh, Harry up. Grant's right there. <laughs> oh, Harry Grant. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Harry Grant would play lock, mate. You know, yeah, he, you pretty anywhere. Uh, yeah, you just <laughs> Queensland spirit, mate, get him through. Um, yeah, so I reckon I, uh, I reckon make the top four. Fanukan as, as well, Sean Bloor. This yeah. Is before, yeah. Jeez, I'm looking at it yeah. now. Yeah. Tommy Turbo, obviously. That's your yeah. fullback. Oh, of course, yeah. So your spine is Harry Grant, Luke Keary, Nathan Cleary, and Tom Tabojevic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're making the, the top you're four. making yeah. the top four with Jason Tamalolo, Dale Fanukan. <laughs> Oh um, my god! Yeah, you look yeah, you're, you're, Lindsay, Co- Lindsay Collins, Ryan, Lindsay Madison, Collins, 
Joe Tapanay. Yeah, like, you're making yeah. the the injured the injured thirteen is winning. The Tony game. Staggs in the centers on yeah. one side, like yeah, yeah, that that is yeah. Okay, once you put it down, then you actually really look at it. Like there is a lot of good players. Here. Sean Johnson's like on the bench. Like, what are we doing? there's your there's your bench middle. Oh, there's your bench. Man, there's your bench. SJ. There's your Michael Morgan in Oregon oh. role. Sean Johnson. What a ridiculous concept these injuries are. Let's ban. No, this is. I hate this. I wish I didn't look at that. Um, okay, uh, Michael Gregson says, "Are the Bulldogs worse than the worst fantasy football owners you've played against when it comes to trades? They reject a Napa Burton trade in preseason." And after Napa has been poor and Burton plays a starring role in a Panthers win over the storm, they try to float the same That's funny. again. That's exactly what, <laughs> what bad fantasy players do. That's great. Um, good I question. That, that just nailed it. That is, that is, no comments needed, but well, I think we've all been there. You've had that, same, that exact same scenario, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake Murray says, can Barrett realistically do, what can Barrett realistically do to get the dogs look even remotely like a football team? Get an entire forward pack. Yeah. Maybe if you want the Panthers attack, you just become a Panthers fan. Maybe. Don't hire the Panthers coach. The coach and then you're going to get it. Uh, here we go. Justin on Discord says, how thick would head, court, head get to be to prevent concussion? Uh, like for three meters. <laughs> three meters plus. Damn it. I said I'd protect you from these questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't. Uh, ben- Damn it. The next one is also... <laughs> no, that was a question. I'm skipping that. Now Ben tells me I'm not even close to saying his name right. Quagliata. I'm gonna say it worse. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, legitimate question: Does fatigue have as much impact on ligament and tendon injuries as it does on soft tissues and muscle injuries? Wouldn't it be Quagliata, like Quagliarella, the striker? Yeah, I know. But I'm saying I want to make it worse. I'm just trying. Tell me yeah. if I'm right, Ben. It don't. Anyway, there's so there's. <laughs> Fatigue has started balling. Big fan of his work. Good. Does fatigue have a more impact on ligament and tendons? Uh, Tendons, yes. So tendons are, I I would include tendons and theoretically also ligaments, but tendons are definitely a soft tissue injury. So an overuse injury. So your tendons and your muscles are the things that are most affected by workload, by fatigue, that kind of thing. It's it's because like hamstring injuries are a big predisposing risk of, of hamstring injury is fatigue. And it's because it builds up, the load builds up in the tissue and then you have a failure point. Um, and, and that's the same with tendons. That's how like pec ruptures happen. So you hear about guys like Nathan Peets, the performance staff must have been losing their minds when he did his pec because he came out afterwards and said, oh yeah, I had some pain in there, in my pec, in, uh, like in the game the weekend before, but I didn't tell anyone. And then I went to the gym and was doing chest and bam, there it went. And that's just like a killer, right? Because that's the the, the buildup of load. Obviously, his body was letting him know that you're reaching close to failure point and he didn't do anything about it. And that's how it went. So yeah, definitely um, muscles and, and tendons are the most affected. Okay, good good, good answer. Uh, Wayno asked, what is Vossi like to work with? Is he similar to his knockabout and excitable nature? on TV and in comms. Yeah, definitely. I think like uh, the biggest thing I'll say about how well I've gone is uh, like you put a lot, like pretty much everything outside of Twitter is down to Vossi. Like he didn't have to do anything that he did um, for me. Like, you know, like put me on his show or, you know, he took me into the com box a couple of times. Like, yeah, he's, he's just the same as he seems on TV. Well, certainly he was to me. Yeah. Really, really nice, really welcoming. And um, yeah, like, 
I, I can put most of what I've achieved outside of the social media world to, to his generosity. So yeah, definitely a, a really, really good bloke. Uh, you okay? What, what, what do you reckon, Bungard? What, well, we- I, I, I agree in the sense that the only injury I, well, the only discomfort I ever got when I was like running and playing soccer, like every day pretty much was Achilles tightness a little bit. And that was just from doing too much. And so, and yeah. Like, yeah, like, like that's my treatment for like, you know, people, people come in with tendon issues once again. Okay. Say Bungard, you came in and saw me with, you know, you saw Achilles, you'd have some people who you'd go and see and they'd be like, right, you need to see me four times a week for whatever. But as you just alluded to there, often the solution is, just hey man, you just need to, you know, deload for a week. Yeah. Like we might do some treatment, but like it doesn't matter how often I treat you if you <laughs> keep overloading I, your tendon. Then, yeah. I just ignored it until it started to creak like a door. And then I was like, yeah, time to, time to have a week off, I think. Yeah, and then it was, right. and then it went away. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Bungard, I'm suffering fatigue here. Do you mind right, I'll take over? Questions? Fine, fine, yeah. fine. Oh. You, you, there's uh, too much from, garbage. You suit yeah, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right. From uh, Wayno to NRL Physio, what does Vossi like to work with? Is he similar yeah, to his knockabout and excitable nature? No, oh, I've got fatigue as well. <laughs> yeah, well this is I terrible. thought we were talking about Achilles. No, no. Sorry. I was no. reading through the rest of the questions. Um, no. All right, we can't read that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> from Samuel John, have you ever seen enough after three rounds for any of the surprise teams to readjust your expectations or is it too early? Parentheses, I'm talking surprises for both better or worse, like Eels being better than you thought, Cowboys being worse. Yeah, Cowboys not making the eight. Yeah. Cowboys, yeah. Eels are better than I thought they'd be, but that's still a long way to go. Came of the podcast, though. They're right there. They're right in that finals hunt. I mean, there's definitely seems to be a breakaway spoon candidate group right now. Yeah, Dogs, Manly, and and Cowboys, Cowboys, I think. Um, Yeah, Warriors for the spoon bet, not looking good either. So, yeah. Mm. Um, Another question from him. This one is for NRL Physio. It's my understanding good conditioning has at least some effect on avoiding injuries. Are you able to talk about that a bit? And are there any teams you've noticed have better injury outcomes over the long term that indicate they're good at conditioning? Uh, As we talked about before, conditioning definitely plays a role, particularly with those preventables. Um, I like the opportunity of, of giving certain teams a wrap when they do good. I try not to attack teams too much save that for the the group chats but um (laughs) yeah uh like two teams i think have done really really well especially in recent years since i've been tracking it is penrith and uh the eels i like there's no shocks look every team who's up the like the business end it's it's very rare i think the roosters last year losing radley and barrels are probably one of the exceptions but usually the guys up the top end aren't just there because of talent they're there because they've avoided injury as well but yeah, the Panthers and the Eels the last two or three years have just been phenomenal, like their injury rates. I think I put out an ACL table the other day of like the number of injuries and, and Penrith are the top, but they haven't had an ACL injury. This is for the last 10 years. Penrith have had the most in the last 10 years, but they haven't had an ACL injury in the last three years. So I think, Mitch, it's like, you know, what you talked about, they had heaps um, you know, at a certain period of time. And then whether that, I'm not sure whether they changed staff or, or whatever they did, but whatever they've been doing in the last three years has been, you know, fantastic for their team. So yeah, they're two that I've definitely noticed, the Panthers and the Eels. Yeah. Um, another question from, uh, actually, no, you can say no comment to this if you want, from Mario hmm. Siegs. When that staff member from the Storm told you to stop diagnosing their players, what did you initially think and what was your instinct on how to react? Uh, no, I, I'm happy to answer that. Look, like I think 
the biggest thing is like where like I know that there's going to people be people who aren't a fan of the account like like it, I do cop you know hate from occasion but I think a lot of the time the the hate I, like because the thing is I'm not sure how you could hate it too much but the dislike is is just because it's a misunderstanding people think that I'm once again, like she said, that I'm medically diagnosing, you know, players or whatever. And I think it's just a misunderstanding of what the account is. It's, it's, I, I try and then take it into, and I used the example with a guy the other day who was saying I was diagnosing stuff. And I'm like, it's, it's like if, if a player falls on their shoulder and you say, oh, he hurt his shoulder. Like, that's what you can say as a fan generally, because you look and you use your eyes and see he's fallen on his shoulder. I can just sort of be a bit more specific with that. So rather than, and, and just try and educate, like, I guess that's my whole thing, right, is educating people. So, yeah, I was a bit taken aback as soon as I knew it was someone from a club. I was like, oh, you know, that's a bit harsh. But, um, yeah, to, to sort of, you know, then try and be, uh, you know, I'm non-confrontational at the best of times. I've gotten a bit cheekier in the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, that certainly at that point I was just trying to be educational. But um, in good news, the Storm have since reached out to me and sort of, you know, said we appreciate what you do and stuff like that since oh, she nice. unfortunately left the team. So, so that was really nice to hear. So no, no hard feelings on the Storm. They're, they're a really good organisation. Fair enough. Uh, I, there's a fun one from Wayno, so I might leave that to last. Uh, Rough Belly says to you and our physio, who has the juiciest calves in the game? Mike Acevo, 100%. Cool. Easy. Uh, Angry says, can headgear prevent COVID if worn over the mouth and nose like a face mask? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure it can. Okay. Uh, Mario Siegs again says, NRL physio, looking at Bungard and Doyle, who is the most likely to snap an ankle playing basketball? Uh, because I because I know pretty much both of your medical histories, I'm going to say Mitch because yeah, I, mean, I know he's on. got like one knee or no knees or... No, yeah, got, he... I'm, I'm missing half a quad on my left leg. I've had surgery <laughs> on my right knee and Whereas... my right hip gives me pain from it. But yeah. I, I didn't get into, I mean, into playing basketball, so it's all right. Yeah, but, but uh, neither have I. So Yeah, but I actually played at a competition, not just at the courts. Yeah, so did I. And <laughs> like, the, like the last year or two? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fine. You were the Mike yeah. Miller of your. Yeah, team. but I still played. Like I was when I was twelve and nothing got injured. But no, I'm definitely injured. Well, I think the point is that I don't just don't get injured. Full stop. So of course yeah. it's you. Um, you don't Friday go hard beers. Enough, champ. Oh, all right. Friday <laughs> beers says, should Don Ferner tell the Canberra crowd next week to dress as referees because we've got a bad call, or is that just a Warriors thing? Ah, <laughs> uh, funny. Um, yes, that is the answer. Okay, they should. Good. Uh, Jaden Braley Respector says, can we have some goddamn respect for Jaden Braley on the pod? Uh, we did that last week, didn't we? And I, and I already said something earlier you as did. well. Get out of here. All right. And last question from Wayno. This is a fun one to finish. Not physio related, but you should guys should have some answers. What are some of the most baffling or unexpected results you can remember in your time watching league? Personally, the one that's always stumped me is the minor premier Eels losing 29-0 to the Cowboys in the 2005 prelim, which I think is a great shout. Fellas. Nice. Uh, the Cowboys beating the Roosters a couple of years ago. I was going to say that one in 2017. Um, yeah, I've, that that was yeah. I've got one. It's a yeah. bit more obscure, but um, April, uh, July 11th, 2004, uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who were coming <laughs> off a season where they had won three games and collected the wooden spoon, um, played the defending premiers Penrith Panthers, who would finish in the top four this season and make a prelim. South won 30 to six. Um, for what I think their fourth win of the year, so yeah, I don't think it gets much more baffling than the 
one probably historically one of the five or ten worst teams of all time beating the beating the defending premiers by 30. A super obvious one for me, but it does stick out as like the most shocking grand final I think I've ever seen was the Storm losing 40 mil. Like I know they were yeah, missing good, Cam Smith, but it was still 40 mil. Like that was just, like, he, yeah. I, I, yeah, can't I hated that. that game so much. Yeah. Like, at that point, I hated the Storm as well. Like, cause that, it was around yeah. that time like, I just had to, and it's like, I just hated that game. I was like, oh, this is what we waited the whole year for is just shit. Yeah. All right. Um, and just before we go, um, Mitchell, Coltrane Cup, Real quick, we're both three from three. I'm taking oh, Souths oh, this week. Oh, we're not, we're not going to do any Twitter, any Twitter questions. They just don't get me. No, fuck them. We, we just aren't. <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, we didn't rush through the Patreon questions to then give time to people who don't, don't who, people yeah, who are look, dogging the boys. Yeah, well, Coltrane Cup, we absolutely, worldies last week picking the Dragons. Easy dub. So you've, you've gone south this week. Yeah, haven't picked them um, yet. They're away at ANZ Stadium against a team that hasn't scored a point in five halves of football. Yeah, so. I, I've got to try. I don't want to pick your same pick again because it's, that's already getting dull. Like, it's a pan- chalk round, though. If you didn't yeah, there's pick- four. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Panthers yeah. $1.07, Rabbits $1.07, Storm $1.05, Sharks $1.35, Raiders $1.55. Yeah, Raiders are the longest, yeah. Yeah, Bruce is all Eels are it, it doesn't look like it's going to be a very good round of footy. Roosters Warriors might be okay. Broncos upset by Titans, losing by less. Titans could win. That's about it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look great. Look at it like if you didn't pick the Dragons last week, you've got to pick Penrith this week. Yes, you get an away game at Brookie. But I think South's away game against the Bulldogs no, is I have to do tasty, it. I'm not going to. So. I'm going to take a worse pick just because I don't want to be. I want to be different to you. No, it's don't. Away it's, game. it's away game. It's it's. Um, dogs, I'm doing that. The Dragons were the most picked team last week. There's nothing wrong with staying the course. Oh, I Remember, know it's not. You just you don't want to get dragged into fancy picks. You don't want to be. You don't We've want to be. Before. We've Coltrane Cup before. You don't want to be a hero. You just want to win, and no, you just got to keep ones. stacking up those Ws. You get to so. grab a, a Bunnies away game. You take it in that situation, as opposed to like, yeah, I could you know maybe I pick the Eels away into Tigers. There's a world the Tigers win that game. There's a world, and yeah. that happens. Like so, yeah. Anyway. Okay, but yeah. no, no Twitter questions. Cop that. No. Well, well, we just honestly, it, we've already gone over time. We've taken up we enough of Brian's time. We have. Um, we can't thank you enough. And we've got a radio. I've got a radio drop for him to do tomorrow. We're going to get him on Brecky Radio for free. You know, we've got all these other things we've got scheduled for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my local station in the <laughs> Bankstown region has got him coming on at seven forty-five <laughs> to talk about ACLs. So that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you all know where to find him on the socials. NRL physio everywhere. Don't send him weird DMs of your ankles. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. No, pleasure, guys. I've wanted to come on for a while. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and you coming on now means we can have you back on anytime we want. And anytime we <laughs> ask, you have to say yes. So, with the new Vossies. Oh, look, I'm cool. I, I, yeah, I would rather I would rather come on and, and talk like this than um, deal with yeah, random radio <laughs> stations who hit me up for my free time. Yeah, for sure, mate. Thank you so much for for coming on. So say goodbye, Brian. Say goodbye, Mitchell. See you goodbye, guys. Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>